Broadcasting live from the Business Radio X studios in Phoenix, Arizona, it's time for Phoenix Business Radio, spotlighting the city's best businesses and the people who lead them. Hi, everyone, and welcome to an episode with Phoenix Business Radio X and one of our house show episodes. I get to be your guest host today, Kendra Maples. Normally, I'm recording a different show out of this amazing studio focused around company culture. And the irony is I feel like we're going to lead into that conversation quite a bit today. I have two amazing women in the studio with me. I have Dana Onspa, the founder and CEO of Sensible Money LLC. Welcome. Thank you. And I have Amy Bruski, the president of Colby Corp. Welcome. Thank you. Glad to be here. I am always really excited when I get to jump in and co-host or guest host in the Phoenix Business Radio X studio. And today I get even a little more excited because I know the conversation is going to align with one of my big passions, which is culture. And I'm really excited to hear about both your companies, how they connect, how you two connect and work with each other. And so what I want to start with is a little bit of background introduction on each of you. Feel free to take your time with this. It's not your 30-second elevator pitch. We have plenty of time in the studio right now. So Dana, I'm going to start with you. Tell us a little bit about you, your company, Sensible Money, how it started and and what you're working on. Yeah. So Sensible Money is a fee-only financial services firm. We have a specialty in serving people that are at that stage of life where they need to live off their acorns. So we all spend a lot of our time accumulating various assets and we end up with a collection of stuff. And then you get to that age where all that stuff needs to work together and produce lifelong income. Mm-hmm. And I got into that passion. How do I summarize that story? <laughs> really? Working through a, in a CPA firm where this couple came in that reminded me of my grandparents. And they brought in 10 years worth of brokerage statements and you could see what was done with their money. And their money really hadn't grown over those 10 years. They were 65. They couldn't go back to work. This was about 2003. And I've been practicing as a financial planner since 1995. I remember like looking through this and it just hit me that the stakes were higher. You know, you can't just go back to work. It's one thing if you make some bad investments when you're in your 20s or 30s, right? You have time. But it just was, I just remember thinking as an industry, we have to do better. And so that really set me on my passion of focusing on a different segment of the market where we had a different phase of life. And um, I love it. I love what we do and the value that we're able to bring to people. And how long have you been doing this now when you set in that journey and decided, okay, we can do better with helping people with their acorns, as you say. I love that. Yeah. So I started it in 2011 and I had a, a set of clients that were already with me. Um, Since that time, we've doubled about every three years. So when I started, I had one and a half employees and just over 300,000 a year in revenue. Uh, This year, we'll hit about 4.6 million in revenue and just hired our 16th employee. Nice. And I was reading some of the notes about the company and the, the crazy growth that you've had and now growing a team. I'm sure we'll dive into that connecting the two of you together and how to focus on a team. Is there anything else you can tell us about, you know, the retirement income planning and and what else that means? I mean, to somebody like me, I'm not in retirement yet, although I should be planning for this, I know. <laughs> what other insights can you give us into this and what you're working on? I think 
it's more complex mm-hmm. at that phase. So, you know, when you're saving, you're putting money away, it's going into investments. You don't really think about it. You do your best to hit your mm-hmm. savings targets. You know, we always have that, oh my gosh, I should be saving more. But then what happens as people enter their 50s, sometimes their 60s, you know, that realization hits you that you can't work forever yeah. or they're burning out on their careers. Um, there's some interesting conversations about how Colby can help with that. It, 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 but wherever that phase happens, you realize, wow, I have to make this stuff work together for the rest of my life. And it's not about picking the right investments. There's so many planning decisions, such as when you start Social Security how you draw money out of which types of accounts. All of these decisions go together. We work with people that have deferred compensation plans, stock options, rental properties. They might own a business, a lot of moving parts. And you can, we use the term juicing as is in our firm. It's a term we branded to really describe you know, how you squeeze more out of what you have, not by picking the right stock or the right investment, but by coordinating these decisions. And it can, add real money to someone's bottom line. It makes their funds last longer. Yeah. Is there a good time or a good age range when somebody should go to you and go to your company for help and support um, so that they're not in that situation where they're at the end and really figuring out where are these acorns even coming from? Yeah. The funniest call I ever got was someone who was retiring in two weeks. Oh, I feel like that's short notice. (laughs) (laughs) They they had some questions that I, at that point, I really wasn't able to help. I I felt bad for them, but it was two weeks. There's no time to do any planning. Where we wish everyone would start would be about a decade away from when they think they want to retire. Realistically, where we hear from most people is somewhere between about one and five years away from when they think they're going to retire. Okay. I love, this is the other part that I love about being in this studio and getting to interview people from all different backgrounds and everything because then I get all of these resources and I'm like, okay, I need to touch base with you one (laughs) to five years before retirement. I love that. So thank you for giving us a little bit of insight. I'm sure we're going to dive more. I do want to dive more into your team growth, but I want to jump over here. Amy, I want you to tell us a little bit about you, Colby Corp. What are you doing? Your company has been around for a while now. So what's that look like from start and, and where are you headed? Gosh, yeah. Our company, Colby Corp, has been around for almost 50 years. Mm-hmm. So 48 years. And I've been there 29 of that. I can't believe that already. So, but my, how I got here is that I was so passionate about psychology. So I went to business school because I thought, I don't want to be a therapist. What am I going to do with this passion that I have for people? And then I realized that I could be all about people at work. And so my early career was in training, um, training and development for an organization. And I had worked my way up the career ladder. I was on the outside, very successful. I was making more money than a lot of my friends were making. I had gotten five promotions in five years, um, was traveling all the time. And Kathy Colby said to me, who's the founder of Colby Corp, we'll get to her here in a minute, And she said, well, how do you define success? And I said, well, I guess it's just, you know, continuing to learn and grow and take on promotions and more challenges. And she said, well, I define success as the freedom to be yourself. And that was the most liberating day of my life where I realized I was miserable. On the outside, it all looked like success. But on the inside, I had a job that just wasn't a great 
wasn't well suited to me. And I'd been doing it long enough to know this isn't just I'm new in this job and I need more experience. Mm-hmm. So um, I promptly found a way to leave that role and come to work and do some consulting for Kathy Colby, who is my stepmother. So at this point, she had just married my father, not that long before that. And I thought, I can marry my love for human behavior and my degree and my passion for business. And this is a thing. Like, I I couldn't believe that there was a company that was focused on this. So at Colby Corp, we're on a mission to help people discover their instinctive strengths. So the way they most naturally take action, not personality, not how smart you are, but really that we all have this instinctive need or um, strength in the way that we operate once Mm -hmm. we take action. So you discover your instinctive strengths and then put that in a way that is most important for you. So in what way matters to you most? So for some people, that's as an individual contributor and how much you're producing and what levels of stress you have. For other people, it's about being a better leader. For other people, it's about being a great parent because what you discover Mm -hmm. is these are strengths that are very inherent and innate to you from the time you're young. Mm -hmm. And if you work against that, that is just a a recipe for disaster. So we work with a lot of youth too, because I talk to a lot of 50 and 60 year olds who say, I wish I would have known this about myself when I was younger. I absolutely would have made different choices. I would have gone to a different career. Mm-hmm. So we're really on a mission to help people discover those strengths and then figure out what's most important to them. Okay. And when you are working with the youth, because I know Colby as an assessment and a tool and an opportunity when it comes to improving company culture, right? Because you're looking at it, you're taking the assessment. How many questions? The assessment is 36 questions and you're just answering what you would most likely and least likely do. Okay. And super straightforward. I took it just a few months ago, actually. And so I've seen it from the perspective of the workplace, right? You have a team, you want to figure out where everybody fits into the team, make sure they're in the position that aligns best with their background and and exactly what it's figuring out, right? So that's how I know the Colby, right? In that aspect. Tell me more about the youth side. How does that work? How are you supporting the youth in using this assessment too? Well, there's really applications in all parts of your personal life. So mm-hmm. with youth, it's about, it starts with a parent understanding that your kids are not necessarily like you. I mean, we know that in certain <laughs> ways, right? Um, but it's human nature to say, I'm, this is the way I study, or this is the way I organize myself. So let me help you with that. But yeah. if that's not the way your child executes, you really are actually, you know, probably adding more stress to them. So kids are, you know, they're at school and they're taught there's one right way to do things. And then their parents are having them do things a certain way. And what we do is say, let's go in and work with kids and help them understand that they have innate strengths too. So there is a youth assessment called the student aptitude quiz. And it is not only written to students at about a fourth grade reading level or so. So whatever that is for your kid, it might be certainly younger than fourth grade. And they will self-report, if completely free to be myself, here's how I would get things done. And I know that's a hard question for kids. What does free to be myself look like, right, (laughs) as a youth? So they answer those questions. And then we give a result. We both have a result for the student and then also for the parent. And then you can use that information to help the student advocate for themselves at school. Hey, you can't necessarily change your teacher, but if at least you anticipate the kinds of things that will be more stressful for you, you can deal with that. There's nothing wrong with you. It's not that you're not smart enough. 
it's that's not the way you naturally get things done. I would have also loved to have this as a student. I'm just now learning all of these things about myself and how I learn and how I work with people. And it's it's a growth process that if you can jump in when they're young and and figure out how they learn and how they do things, I think that's phenomenal. With this, and you said the reporting, there's a report for the student and then a report for the parent. What does that look like as far as how do folks do that with you guys? Is it through the school? Is it just parents are searching for how to help their kids and they can do the assessment? What does that look like? Yeah, that's just, for us, it's mostly direct to consumers. We certainly do work with some schools and some administrators and teachers, uh, but we find that it's just easy enough to get directly to our website. So Mm -hmm. if you go to um, Colby, Mm K-O-L-B-E.com, you can find all the applications. And beyond students and, and kids and youth, we also have programs for relationships because we feel like that's really important too. And so a successful relationship means that you allow that other person to be free to be themselves, right? Now we know there's a right way to load the dishwasher, right? We all know this. <laughs> I'm so glad you said that. However, beyond that, yeah, there's this interesting thing, that dynamic that happens when yeah. two people get together, so a significant other type relationship to solve a problem, mm-hmm. your striving instincts are going to come into play. So you just got to figure out what does that look like and how can you be in a relationship where each person is free to be themselves. Mm-hmm. There's also a correct time frame of how long you wait before you unload the dishwasher as well. There's a time frame. <laughs> if you wait too long, then uh, yeah. With Colby being around for so long, when did this happen where these tools were provided for students and parents and relationships? Because a lot of the things that I'm around with resources for company culture, nine times out of 10, they are resources that help you in your home life, your personal life, your relationship life. When did that happen when these tools became offered to the public and not just I mean, obviously the public, but not just the workplace. Sure. So I'll try and give you the shortest version of this because really Kathy Colby started in the testing and assessment business before she even started her own organization. So her father has been called the founder of personnel testing. His name is EF Wunderlich and there's still a Wunderlich personnel test that's used today. I'm sure a lot of the listeners have heard of it and it is very much a cognitive test. So Mm -hmm. it is, it's looking at your capabilities. And so as she worked in her father's business, she would say, hey, I know a lot of really smart people who don't get a lot done. There's got to be this something else in this. Why are some people more productive than others? And so her early work was actually with kids. So she started an organization where she was the largest company in the world for materials for gifted education. So she created books, toys, games, um, summer camp programs for gifted ed when gifted education was very new at the time. Hmm. And it was when she was working with kids that she kept seeing these are really, really bright kids. But if I'm leaving them to their own devices, there's a pattern that I see on how they will start solving a problem. Huh. So she immediately said, what am I seeing? What What is this? This isn't intelligence. It's not personality. And she discovered this third dimension of the mind that ancient philosophers wrote about, Plato and Aristotle. Plato and Aristotle wrote about the conative, it's C-O-N-A-T-I-V-E, part of the mind. And it is this part that's the doing. So mm-hmm. we know there's a thinking part. We know there's a feeling part or personality. And this really is the execution. So she really started with kids 
And then as she worked with children, the parents were saying, whatever you're doing with this kid, can you come and do this with my team? (laughs) I need you to come work with my staff. This is amazing. The kinds of activities that you're doing and how you're you're really teaching them to be excellent problem solvers. Yeah. So that's what we focus on is what is the end result we're trying to get? And then helping each unique individual figure out what's their way of getting there. Okay. Yeah. And why is this so important in the workplace then? Going from students to the workplace, like why is this even a space that leaders should even bother with? Well, it is a part of the mind that's very stable. So the interesting thing is that we have uh, we have several test retest studies that have been done along the way. We work with third party organizations and we work with universities to look at when you test someone five years later, ten years later. Now we have twenty years later. Do people change? And this is something that's very innate to you. And therefore, if it's not changing. This is not something that you're going to go to class and become, quote unquote, more organized in a certain way that that you want. And so as a leader, I want to tap into whatever is already there. I want to say, hey, here are the strengths that I have on board. How can I use those to the max? And a couple of things happen. One is if people are free to be themselves, they're in the zone. You know that that phrase Mm -hmm. from sports, like what it's like to have a really busy day at work. You might be physically exhausted, but man, you think I could do that all day. Mm -hmm. Those are the employees that stick around. Mm -hmm. Why it matters to all of us as leaders is that engagement is higher when people are a good fit for their role. Teams succeed more often when we're really clear about who should be doing what. Those are teams that succeed together. And we have great data on teams that have the right makeup and diverse set of talents to solve problems together. So honestly, the business case is kind of a no-brainer once you see it in action because individuals are more satisfied. Now, as a leader, I know what you should be doing with your time and who should be doing what. So my decisions become easier. And then I'm building this amazing culture. So back to culture where it's based on strengths Mm -hmm. and everyone knows, everyone, first of all, is where we respect the differences in each person. We don't take things personally when Mm -hmm. someone doesn't act the way that we do. And we don't spend our time on stuff that isn't going to change results. Mm -hmm. So it's just kind of a shortcut language for getting things done more effectively, both Mm -hmm. individually and and together. But as a leader, oh my gosh, the information that it gives you that you would have to guess. You think that you can look at a resume and know exactly who would fit for certain positions. It's not the case. So it's Mm -hmm. kind of this missing link in Mm -hmm. what we need. And Dana, you're nodding your head. I'm... Um, you've been quiet. I'm I'm bringing you back in because that is where this connection between the two of you probably came from, right? So I want to hear, Dana, about you with the Colby. How did you find it? How has this been working? Like, tell me about this relationship with the two of you. Yeah. So I was introduced to Colby in 2010 through a friend of mine who'd been through Strategic Coach, which is a coaching program for entrepreneurs. And he's like, you know, you gotta go take this Colby assessment. Well, I'm an assessment tool junkie. Like, <laughs> you name it, I've taken it. PDP, Finders, Myers-Briggs, Enneagram, yep. Colors, like every single one. So of course, I'm like, sure, you know, I love this stuff. So I, I take this and I'm just absolutely fascinated by it. Now, I came out with a particular result that I have the most energy in an area called quick start. And those are people who, you know, when it comes to risk and uncertainty, it's adventure to us. We naturally change things. We're always looking for ways to change things and make things better. And so at the time, I had a business partner who was like, 
you know, why can't you leave well enough alone? Why do you always want to change everything? And I remember literally like thinking, what's wrong with me? Now, I was in my early 30s at the time. I'd always done well in school, but here I was thinking, what's wrong with me? Why can't I leave well enough alone? Like, you know, is, is there something like a loose in my head? <laughs> you know, what's going on here? So Colby for me was so liberating. I just like the spark came alive. It, it was like, wow, I'm supposed to change things. Like that's who I am. Mm -hmm. And so that is really what led to me founding my own business, writing a book, winning all kinds of different awards, like everything spectacular happened since I really discovered who I was. Mm -hmm. And as Amy described, was given myself, I guess, that freedom to be myself and realize like, it's okay. Sometimes I'm going to change things that aren't going to work. I experiment to see what's going to happen. That's my natural way of doing things. But those experiments lead to these amazing outcomes that you would have never discovered if you hadn't tried in the first place. Mm -hmm. And it also led me to realize that that particular business partner. I did his Colby also. And, you know, if, if people are open-minded to it, they really will see that as a way of developing mutual respect mm -hmm. and realizing, oh, you know, you have this set of strengths or natural ways of problem solving, and I have this set. And so if we work together, this could be a really good thing. But for some reason, he just really didn't see it that way. Mm -hmm. And so my desire to experiment and always make things better and, and work to change things it just, for some reason, that didn't seem like a strength to him. And so for me, it was that realization that, okay, you know, I need to move on. I need to start my own company. And we wouldn't hire without Colby. So we Colby every single person before we hire them. We train on it every single year to promote and develop continually this environment of mutual respect, really to understand you know, as Amy said, it's like the secret insight into mm -hmm. how someone is going to do things, not what they think they want to do or what they think they should tell you, but, but, you know, they're going to have a natural set of behaviors. There's a set of us who, you know, it doesn't matter how much I would like to have a clean desk. It's going to be pretty messy. Um, there's another set of us at work that every night they can't go home without having their desk nice and neatly organized. And that's just their, their natural set of behaviors. So having this set of insights lets you see, you know, who are the people that I need doing paperwork? I'm in a paperwork intensive business where you have to get a lot of the details correct. Mm -hmm. um, but we're also in a business where we have to communicate to clients at a more strategic or bigger picture level. And those aren't the same person. Mm. So you don't want the same person doing the paperwork and making sure, you know, every box is checked and every I is dotted and every T is crossed. That's not the person that's going to be trying to explain the concepts to a client, really helping them understand what it means or why you might make a certain decision. So, so you can gain so much, you know, beyond the resume in terms of somebody's natural behavior and whether the, the set of tasks that the job requires is going to be a natural good fit for them. Yeah, it's an extra secret tool, especially nowadays with cover letters and resumes. I mean, you have tools like ChatGPT that will help you improve your resume to align. It's a it's a name a word game, right? Because there's an ATS scanner that's scanning so you're just kind of putting the words in there, right? Even though maybe it really does align with you and you are a great fit for the position you're playing a matching game, right? So this is like this secret tool in your back pocket 
for you to be able to utilize. And you said that you, you do it before, right? In that interview process. Yes. What does that look like as far as interviewing? Do you go into it knowing, okay, this is the type of person we need? Or do you go into it just accepting, you know, that you're going to get some further insight? Like, what does that process look like with using the Colby beforehand? Yeah. So if you're following the Colby process as it's designed, (laughs) I might not get the terminology right, but there's, I believe it's a Colby B index that you would do that lays C, the C. Okay, I get those two mixed up, the Colby C index. And it lays out essentially a range of success for the job. And so you have a, you know, a certain range of success and that process in itself can be insightful because sometimes we have conflicting expectations for a job position. Maybe we're expecting somebody to be incredibly organized and also adapt and make shortcuts. Well, those two things don't usually appear in the same person and and they would be opposite characteristics. And so just going through the process of really realizing how do you organize your job tasks in a way that they might naturally fit someone versus expecting one person to be a chameleon and be able to do all things well, that's not realistic. So once you have that range of success, then in the interview process, you're still looking for all the other attributes you would look for. You need a certain level of experience or cognitive abilities or accomplishments, and you need a certain level of affective traits. Their values are important. You know, in our business, are they honest? Do they have integrity? Like that's key. And so, but you also need the conative. So you need to know, do their natural problem solving abilities fit the tasks that are aligned with this job? And so we will have a range of success. And then if the person fits that range of success, then we know they would move on in the interview process. Now we're small enough right now that we will send out the Colby and I will still go through it with someone because I feel like if they're going to take the time to do it, then I'm going to take the time to explain it, especially if they're not going to be a good fit for us. It may be incredibly insightful for them as they continue on in their job search. Mm -hmm. So that's what that looks like when someone comes on board. And if it's someone we already had or we knew we were going to hire, then it's really understanding, okay, how are they going to fit in with particular teams? Mm -hmm. So there can also be something called conflict that shows up when you, you know, have this gap in strengths between two people. Mm -hmm. And so I had this with um, my, one of my prior admin assistants, she's still with us, but uh, before Colby, she would always give me all the history and tell me the whole story. You know, I tried to open this account, but then this happened and then this and then this. And I would just be like, oh my gosh, just tell me where we're at and what we need to do. Like just, you know, and after Colby, we would laugh. We'd be like, oh my gosh, you know, no wonder, you know, she needed all the history and the full story to understand something. And I was like, just give me the bottom line. Mm -hmm. Well, what happened is we started to try to meet in the middle and it completely changed our working relationship. So we would get on a call and she would be like, okay, here, I'm going to just try to give you the summary. And she did a phenomenal job of it. And I would get on a call to, to explain maybe something I needed her to troubleshoot. And I would be like, okay, I need to give her all the history. And so I would start going through and telling her all the things, whereas normally I'd just be, we call it drive-by delegation, right? I'd just be like, hey, here you go. Just try to figure this out. But it, it really helped us learn how to work together and laugh about things that used to irritate us. And we would get so annoyed and, and it, it became funny. It became fun too. Yeah. It's so important to just, you know, embrace the differences in that way and just laugh about it and move on. Um, and by the way, 
Dana is not only a client, she's actually an expert consultant too. So she went through our full three-day Colby certification and she is actually certified to use Colby in other ways. So she can use it also with clients, but that's why she, she really has a level of expertise because she's committed to going the next step with Colby beyond I could, just internally. I could sense it when you were talking about if they, you know, if the people that are interviewing, if they go through the time to actually fill it out and that you'll actually do kind of a debrief with them. So then they have that, that they probably had no idea that these are some innate and cognitive things that have stuck with them. And then to be able to have that as a tool for them as they move forward and look at other jobs, it may help to guide them in the right direction, right? Mm -hmm. As a job seeker, I'm going to want to make sure I'm truly aligning with the jobs. I might think this is a great job. Oh, I'm going to have so much fun. But really at the end of the day, does it align with what I can do? What I'm what am I programmed to do? You know, I have the best story about my, I have three younger brothers and a younger sister. My youngest brother is 15 years younger than me. And he took seven years to get through college. And about when he was graduating was when I was certified, went through the certification progress process with Colby. And so I was so excited about it. And I went home, I'm like, Colby, my whole family, and we did a three-hour <laughs> workshop together. I was like, you guys have to see this thing. And it was one of the funnest experiences <laughs> I ever had. But my younger brother had sent out all these resumes, gone to job fairs, not a single callback, right? Nothing. And I'm like, you have to incorporate some of this language. So we went through his Colby A result. We looked at some of the language and who he is. And he's a, you know, naturally very adaptable person, but also initiating quick start, initiating implementer, which maybe that's technical language, but he's a, a mechanical engineer. So engineering, think, you know, your engineering mindset, but not the kind that always goes in order right? The kind of person that might take shortcuts and bounce from this idea to that idea. And so he incorporated some of that. And his first job right out of school was managing a team of engineers in India because they needed someone who could take constant calls and be interrupted and jump from project to project to project to give guidance. Mm -hmm. It was a perfect fit for him. And he sent me this text that I, I wish I had it with me. It brought tears to my eyes. It was just like, Dana, you know, thank you for teaching me that, you know, my adaptable ways are not a hindrance, but they're a strength. And it was just so beautiful. So, you know, Amy started off talking about young people. I just, I mean, if I would have had this coming out of college, what a difference it would have made. Right? What a game changer. And then, Amy, when you're talking about the relationship piece, I'm I'm laughing thinking about the dishwasher. Um, but it's it's true. Everybody is different. I'm very much, when you look at it from a love languages, right? I'm a um, acts of service person. My significant other is not. So even thinking of something like that, right? Then using the Colby, same thing, but from that foundational perspective and how, you know, to your point, like how can you work together and find a happy place in between? You're not changing who you are, but you're shifting to adapt because you understand the other person. I love that story you were talking about with the gal at your, at your work because it allows you the opportunity to tap into who they are and then them to tap into who you are. So the fact that it's now, you know, relationship and students and for teams, I just think it's fantastic. One of the things that has come up a couple of times and I, I want to ask about there's different versions. So you've said Colby C, Colby B, Colby A. 
So explain what do these things mean? Sure, I'll jump in and do that. So the cold EA really is about your strengths and what would you do if totally free to be yourself? So that's the part of you that I said is, is innate and unchanging. Mm-hmm. But we have two other assessments that we use in several ways. One is called the Colby B index, and that is a job holder would fill that out on their current role. And it says, mm-hmm. how do I feel like I need to act on a daily basis right now in order to be successful in my job? Now, we have a great opportunity to then compare who you are to how you're having to act right now and say, where's some disconnect? And then we have some great strategies around that mm-hmm. because you're not going to just work to be more of who you're not, mm-hmm. but it gives you some clarity on how you should spend your, your time and, and when you're working against your brain. Then we have what's called a Colby C that is filled out by anyone in a position to evaluate a specific role. So that is almost always a direct supervisor, but it can be other people in an organization to say, here's what I would reward in this role. These are the behaviors I need. Mm -hmm. And so once you have that, we can see, is there even a difference between how the job holder sees the job and how the leader sees the job? I mean, we already can pinpoint right away where there Mm -hmm. might be some issues and some really good talking points. Um, But that Colby C is done on a role itself. So if I'm managing a sales team and I have 10 people in the exact same job, I'm only filling it out once on Mm -hmm. position of a a salesperson. And then that's used as a foundation for lots of other things. And Dana was talking about use in hiring. Assessments should not be used in hiring unless you're going to go through a process of following some basic guidelines, including EEOC guidelines on, on use in hiring. Well, going through the process that we have, you're establishing the job relatedness. You're saying first, what do I need in the job so that you can match that? Because mm-hmm. we got to be aware a little bit too of some of our own biases. So it's really fascinating when I have a leader do Colby C indexes on all the different roles that they're managing and they all turn out exactly the same. It's like, hmm, what's going on here? You want everyone to be exactly the same? <laughs> it may be the case, but most of the time you start seeing that we all have a little bit of a bias mm-hmm. on how we want people to be. So I've seen this a lot with entrepreneurs where I will have a business owner who's growing a business and they are the one person, like Dana is a great example of this. So she is the one person that's going to drive innovation and change and jump in and experiment. Well, she might want everyone else to do all of the details and organizing and be completely different than she is. Mm -hmm. But if you build an entire team around you that has so much cloning, you're going to, that's going to be some challenges too. But so we can kind of see some trends on what's going on. So a well-designed team has diversity of talent and um, the the B's and the C's just add this component where we can look at alignment. So it's one thing to say, who do we have? Are they free to be themselves? And when we get together, what kind of strengths do we have? And then there's how well aligned are we? Because Mm -hmm. as a leader, your people are going to burn out and turn over when there's not a connection between how they naturally get things done and what we're requiring that's very predictive of someone who's not going to be in that position long term mm-hmm. if we don't make some quick changes. Yeah. Yeah. And if you have a company that's using these different assessments, the A, B, and C in the right order in the right space, if they are not trained, like Dana, you're trained to be able to do the assessment and then recap all of it as well. If that's not the case with a team, what does that look like with you guys? Are they working with someone on your team to kind of walk through these assessments? Like, what does that piece look like? Yeah. So people have choices. We want to make sure that it works for them. So they can either come directly to us at Colby Corp or they can work with a consultant that either has some specialty in their type of business or in their area. So Mm -hmm. we have a whole list of consultants online and we just really recommend that people reach out 
and make sure that they get some guidance along the way. But truly, it's very simple to just come directly and get some solutions right away. So it's not a complicated process. It's, mm -hmm. it's not a huge investment. It is fairly simple to just move forward and at the very least, get a Colby A for everyone. We always mm -hmm. say A for everyone. That's where you start. <laughs> it's just take inventory of what strengths you already have. Mm -hmm. That is such a huge step, just validating everyone for who they are. And there's some light bulb moments that go on immediately when you start seeing everyone else's results around you too. Yeah. The light bulb moments and being able to see that everyone's aligned in the right position. And then how we mentioned, then being able to see how far do I have to go? How far do you have to go so that we can work together and not just get frustrated and have conflict and then have people leave when really it might just be something fundamental that we can all kind of find a, a middle point to right. work on and work on. And, and Dana had brought up a lot of other assessments. I love personality tests. Um, they're, they've got a lot of insight and someone's preferences and what they mm -hmm. value and what motivates them. But if you don't add, then how will someone get things done? Mm -hmm. Then you're, you're really missing something. So it is, work is about execution. Work is about getting things done. So just because I prefer and I value things to be done in a certain way does not mean that I can sustain long-term mm -hmm. doing those things. So those two together go together very nicely. It really is that, that missing piece that goes one step further. As a leader, I want to know how people naturally solve problems because that's what I'm doing all day. Mm -hmm. We're getting stuff done. Mm -hmm. It's the what happens next, right? You do the assessment. Here's where we are. Here's where everybody fits. And then what? right? I just did a week and a half ago, I was on a retreat. And right around the same time, Karen, who's our owner of the studio here and who's pushing buttons today, she was on a retreat as well. Both of us, right? Fully emerged in these experiences, retreats, learning, gaining knowledge. And then we go home. Very similar to this, right? We gain all of these resources, these tools, and then we go home. That's where the hard work comes in. That's where you start to implement and take action. Very similar with what you're saying here, right? You're giving the assessment, you're giving all the answers and saying, okay, here is where you are. And now where do you take action to make sure everyone's in the right place and, and move forward and grow that execution piece that you're talking about is vital in growing a team. Mm -hmm. And I think if listeners can think about this, we find that when people say, why are some people more productive than others? There's really three things and it's, we call them the three C's. So it starts with clarity. You've got clarity about who you are. You're really clear on your strengths, by the way, in all three parts of the mind, both in what are you capable of? What do you love to do? And then this part, what do you do naturally? So I'm really clear about myself. The second C is about commitment. And that is about what do I say yes to and no to? How do I spend my time? We've all been told you should be saying no more often, but to what? <laughs> and so I used to teach time management classes and everything that we taught is ask yourself, do I have the time to do this? That's not the question. It's do I have the mental energy to do this? So there's time when, you're, when you have worked on a certain kind, you've used up a certain level of energy that you have to give. And even if it's within your strengths, you don't have energy to do that, or it's not the highest and best use of your strengths. Mm. So sure, I have time to do it, but is it worth, you know, expending this precious mental energy that I have available? Mm -hmm. And then the third one is collaboration. The third C is all about working with other people well. And so with that, you have to ask, who are my people for a given 
group project or task? What should I be keeping? What is the team that should be around me for certain kinds of things? So collaboration plays out in so many ways, including in your personal life, as we're talking about. But Dana, for example, she shouldn't brainstorm with her staff all of her crazy ideas of how she already has it in her head, all these ideas of what she's going to do in the next five years. There are some people on her team that she might come home from conferences or meetings like this and say, we're going to change everything and you are going to do nothing but stress out your stuff, right? So entrepreneurs need to really decide who are my people for brainstorming versus mm-hmm. who are my people for certain task execution. So that team environment, you need to figure out when are you collaborating, when are you working alone, mm-hmm. and who are the people. So those three C's, clarity, commitment, and collaboration, really fit together nicely for someone that is just loves their job, is knocking out of the park all the time, really are producing at the highest levels, but still has energy to spare for all the other stuff you want to do, mm-hmm. right? Because we shouldn't be striving all the time and problem solving all the time. Mm-hmm. I have this funny story related to what Amy just said. So when I train on Colby with our team, I talk about our superpowers. And so I think of, you know, if we have a high number in one action mode is the terminology, we have more energy. So Amy was talking about energy. Well, I have a lot of energy when it comes to ideas and brainstorming and options. And so people might ask me what they should do. And I might say, well, you could do it like this. You could do it like this. You could do it like that. But they really just want me to tell them how to do it. <laughs> yeah, They don't want any options. And so part of the learning that came from me, from Colby was realizing, okay, I use this analogy of Superman with his laser eyes. We all have these superpowers, but if we're just going around, you know, slicing everyone open, that doesn't do any good. We have to know when to use that superpower, you know, how to harness that superpower when it's appropriate. And so now I will send emails to myself. I'll keep my own idea list that no one ever sees. So I have my own people. I can go brainstorm and you know, explore all the ideas going through my head because I did learn sometimes the hard way that it was stressing out my team and they were almost rolling their eyes early on like, oh, what's going to change now? Oh, she says we're going to do this today, but tomorrow she's going to say this. And so it's completely changed our culture. And it's not, it's not only mutual respect, it's also learning, wow, you know, these superpowers are amazing, but you do have to harness them. You have to, you know, learn when and where they're appropriate and, and then they're incredibly effective. Mm-hmm. That's and I love that you jumped in with that as your story because I'm I'm visualizing the laser eyes. And it's like, oh yeah, I've been in these moments. I've very much been in that similar position of all of the ideas and all of the opportunities. And sometimes people just really want you to, okay, step one, <laughs> right? Exactly. But that's yeah. that's the the value in this tool and all that comes with it is being able to give that support. I love those those three C's. I wrote those down as well. Um, to really not only understand who you are, where are you in all of this, and then also moving forward, right? Dina, having your own ideas list that maybe doesn't go to everybody. As you're saying that, I'm like, oh, I should do this. <laughs> I just love that the the two of you found Colby in different ways and it's been transformational for both of you in, in different ways. I'm curious to hear from both of you, like, what is the next step in your company growth for both of you utilizing 
Colby, the programs, the the growth. I mean, and you've been there for a while already. I'm curious to hear from both of you, like what are the next steps in all of this? So the next step for us that I am so excited about, couldn't be more excited. We just hired our a COO. So our first chief operating office mm-hmm. officer, it's our first executive hire. He starts in September. And when Amy was talking about energy, there's something called synergy in Colby. And so you look for this, you know, distribution of strengths and there's certain mixes where they've studied how teams are successful and and certain mixes are likely to produce better results. And so the technical term, he's a facilitator. Mm -hmm. And so that means he's, I think of it as like the grease that keeps the wheel moving and less squeaky, right? Somebody who can accommodate a lot of people who might be on more extremes Mm -hmm. and help bridge differences, help people see opposite points of views or different ways of doing things. And it's the perfect fit for our leadership team, like the absolute perfect fit. And there's many other reasons this is the perfect person for us. Um, But I'm super excited. and, And again, having Colby as a tool to help understand, like, is this really the right hire in that dimension? There are other dimensions, as Amy mentioned, that you have to consider, but it just, it just, like a a sealed stamp on the decision, right? (laughs) Like, yes, like this is going to be great. I'm so excited to see what he can do. His last company that he was with, he helped scale it from about 15 to 100 employees. He knows we're not just going for bigness. We're we're really going for greatness, as I describe it. But um, I'm excited to see how he helps us get there. This is exciting. And did you say that he already started or he's... He starts in September. Okay. And he's done his Colby and everything. Yeah, long ago, I worked with him. He actually helped build our brand when I started the firm. And so Beautiful. I will use Colby with my vendors too. So anybody I work with regularly. And so, you know, I do Colby with my friends. Like anyone I'm going to converse with regularly, yeah. I want to know, right? And and it just helps me interact with them better. And and so, yes, yeah, so I had, had um, done his Colby long ago because we had to work together in building my brand and building my website and all of that stuff. And it really helped me understand how to, how to work with him better. I'm so glad you mentioned that. It's an obvious thing, right, to, to do the Colby with these other partners and these other vendors and these other stakeholders that you're communicating with on a daily basis. I didn't even think about that until you said it right now. I'm like, oh my gosh, I, everyone in my family and my circle and my partners and my business partners and sponsors, I mean, they should all be doing this. And that way, you know how to align and communicate with all of them. You said that and I wrote it down. I'm like, duh, yeah. that's fantastic. So yeah. you've known his, his level, his numbers and everything for a while. For a while. Yeah. And all of our vendors, you know, I have another vendor that, that one of our major vendors and, um, he is terrible at responding to emails and it just was so frustrating. And then again, after understanding his Colby, I, it just was like, okay, if I want to talk to Brent, I'm going to have to pick up the phone or like <laughs> book the thing on his calendar. Like, you know, just going in order and following all the steps is not his thing. It's mm-hmm. not going to happen. It doesn't matter how I could complain. I could say, I'm your biggest client. How come you won't do this? You know, yeah. it doesn't matter. It's not what he's going to do. And I love what his company does. And so it, you know, it just helps you figure out like, okay, well, there's no reason for me to spend more energy upset about this. Let's just find a different way of, of getting a hold of him. Yeah. Then you know the steps that you can take in order to connect with him better. Yeah. That's so fantastic. I love that. That's an, I'm 
I'm putting stars next to my notes. One key employee makes such a huge difference. Yes, right? key yep. employee, key right vendor, fit. partner, yep, family member, right? Unloading the dishwasher. <laughs> right. Yep. Amy, tell us more about you. What does the future look like with you and Colby? Gosh, well, internally, we are just building a great team. We've been real we've been focused quite a bit on building a great culture. Getting through the pandemic was really interesting for us because it forced us to make some decisions and put a lot of our training programs online, which was fabulous. So we still are doing a lot of stuff in person, but we still have a lot of virtual options too. So that has been uh, really important for us. And to, to decide how do we work together as a team? What are we going to do? How many days are we going to be in the office? All of those decisions. And I'm so excited because we just moved into a brand new great space and we've added more collaboration areas and all of that. Um, so we're hiring a few more key people and and this is really the team to take us to the next level. As far as we do what we have to do outside of our company, we really have some focus areas, both with um, hitting business leaders and making sure we we get to even more people, but also making sure we have this fabulous network of consultants. We have over 800 consultants worldwide. We want to make sure we bring in the right people because we don't want to grow this huge staff of Mm -hmm. consultants. There are people out there who are experts in their own area, in their own field, who have specialties. So we want even more of those. But ultimately for us, we're just, we're on a mission to change as many lives as possible. Mm -hmm. So what we're working on right now is we have a few products that are going to make Colby even more accessible to people. We've worked really hard in the last few years to start hitting nonprofits. We have something once a year called Strengths Week that we've done um, this year, it was in May, where our consultants all over the world donate their time. We donate indexes because we are just trying to reach more people. Mm -hmm. We want to make an even greater difference. And so all of the things that are coming out from Colby right now are just to make it more accessible uh, so that almost everyone can get their hands on a Colby index, whether it's someone at work or someone personally. Mm -hmm. And David Colby and I, so that's my stepbrother, we run the business and own the business together. And we are really committed to serving our mission and just more rapidly getting in front of other people. Mm-hmm. That also means great strategic alliances. We have some, some companies that we work with that are fabulous organizations that are making a difference in business. And Colby's just a part of what they talk about and what they do too. So we just want to get the word out through others that are the kinds of organizations that are hitting business, you know, enlightened business owners. That's mm-hmm. what we want. Business owners that are really focused and care about their people. Yeah. Those are the clients for us. Okay. That's perfect. And however we can help you and support you through Phoenix Business Radio X, absolutely, please let us know. We're in front of and having conversations with a lot of those leaders. So however we can help uh, make introductions and connections, just keep keep us in the loop. I'm really excited for both of you. It has been almost an hour. I told you it would happen really fast. So as we wrap up, I want to give each of you a moment if there's any last minute thing that you were like, oh, I really wanted to say this and you haven't had the chance. I want to give each of you a moment, any final last thoughts, ideas, um, stories, anything that you want to mention. I'll have you do that first and then we'll wrap up with how folks can reach you. You know, know, I started off by saying I was an assessment tool junkie, (laughs) but um, I didn't get certified in any of the others. And so there was something different about Colby that I describe it as all of them are interesting to me. I am fascinated by psychology also and human behavior and why are we the way we are and how come some people are like this and some people are like that and, you know, trauma growing up and how that affects you. I mean, all of that stuff I'm fascinated by, but I could see this 
in daily behavior more than anything else. I, I could see it. And, and it, it is so persistent mm-hmm. that that's what drew me to it and say, you know, I have to learn more. Like this is highly useful. Mm-hmm. That's how I would describe it. Some of the tools, you know, okay, that's cool. And then, you know, it's like, well, how do I use that on a daily basis? Yeah. This is useful in every interaction that I have pretty much every single day. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I, I would leave with that. Okay. Perfect. And I want to thank you, Dana, because she's a rock star client. She not only does she get it, but she's just committed to mm-hmm. building an entire culture internally and with her clients mm-hmm. where they get to be themselves and what a difference that makes and how to grow a business in that way. So I don't know if there's anything else that I needed to say. I would just challenge everybody out there to just start thinking about anything that you're doing to try and change yourself and let it go. Mm-hmm. Figure out a way to get the same results in a different way and so that you get to be more of who you are. Mm -hmm. So it makes a huge difference if you can find the freedom to be yourself and let others around you do the same, right? So that's that's the key is that you get to do that and so do others. And think about what it would be like to be surrounding yourself and in an organization where it really is a strengths-based culture because it's it's joyful. People mm-hmm. actually find joy in work. It is possible. And if that's not something you can do right away, at least start increasing your awareness and then baby steps towards that. Mm-hmm. And like you said, that Kathy Coley said, the freedom to be yourself is key in all of this and not just you being yourself, but also providing your staff the opportunity for them to be themselves as well. That's right. Beautiful. So the final thing as we wrap up, as folks are listening and they're like, oh my gosh, these ladies are so fantastic. I need the Colby and I need this other support and they want to reach out. How can they reach you? The best way is just go to our website. So www.colby is spelled K-O-L-B-E.com. And there you've got access to different podcasts. We've got all kinds of different tools and solutions for you that you can look into. And of course, you can take your cold VA there as well. Perfect. Dana, you? I would say the same for us. It's our website. So it's www.sensiblemoney.com. And we have a tab called our Learn tab. And there we have articles, free reports you can download, uh, webinars that we host uh, about every six weeks. We'll do a live webinar. We also have a YouTube channel at sensiblemoney.com. Believe it or not, our taxes and retirement webinar has, I believe it's over 50,000 views. I had no idea this was such a popular <laughs> subject. <laughs> but uh, if you're in that demographic where you're getting near retirement, we have a ton of free resources. And then, of course, you can reach out from the website and, and connect with us individually. Beautiful. Ladies, thank you so, so much. I mentioned in the beginning, I love when I get to sit in here and have these conversations and step in and and be a guest host and learn and gain new resources. Although Dana, I don't have to reach out to you for a few more years. Not quite yet. (laughs) Um, But learning about the tools and the teams that you guys are building, you're doing phenomenal things. Please continue. And thank you for letting us hear all about it. And to everyone else that's listening, some media leans left, some leans right. We lean business. (laughs) 